History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Friday Eve. Oh my goodness, one of the happiest days of the of the week for me. Actually, it is the happiest day because <laughs> I know the weekend is coming tomorrow and the weather is absolutely gorgeous and stunning here in San Diego. Even though it may be fall or autumn, the rest of the country, September and October is actually our glory months here. So I'm looking forward to uh, some beautiful weather here. Give me a chance to recharge my batteries because it's been a tough week uh, for us with the news. Um, but I'm actually going to open with a, a little good news story um, for the show for tonight. And then after the first break, we've got Dr. Jane Orient is going to be here. She is the executive director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and they are the organization that you want to listen to when it comes to medical advice uh, regarding what you what you should be doing uh, in in terms of treatments for coronavirus. What is the truth about the vaccinations? Uh, they've got a treatment guide that was um, edited by Dr. Jane Orient, as well as put together with and in collaboration with Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Lee, Do, Dr. Lee Vallette. Of course, uh, you, uh, many of my listeners recognize those names and know that these are the, the people that you need to be listening to. These are people that actually treat patients and actually know what they're talking about and actually take their, their HIPAA um, oath and uh, seriously and actually have the knowledge and the expertise. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for Dr. Jane Orient. We are streaming live on the Answer San Diego Facebook page. I already put it out earlier today. If any of you have questions for Dr. Orient, please post those there. I've already gotten some questions from you listeners out there, and I'm going to be posing those uh, to her. She's going to be on for two segments. They have a Facebook page, by the way, that you might want to check out. It's the Association for American Physicians and Surgeons, AAPS. She's also got a great blog post out right now she's, where she says, no, I am not a horse. And we're going to talk about that when she's on. And, of course, you know that that is in reference to the left trying to trying to make it seem as though ivermectin is not meant for humans and it's just a horse dewormer. That's just uh, one of the many areas of disinformation that uh, the, the true disinformation campaign about COVID and medical responses and treatments is actually coming from the left. And she's going to be here to debunk uh, those uh, disinformation data points. Uh, before I go further, Noah, DJ uh, Potato Skins, is actually out uh, on vacation the rest of the week. It's already the weekend for him, but have no fear because DJ Jalapeno is here. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> he's a man of few words, but he, he, he's he got his finger on the pulse of all music that makes me happy and dance in my seat. So thank you very much for that. Um, you know, y'all know I've, I've talked this week has been really tough for me because I'm used to being a happy warrior. I'm used to being able to come in and hit it hard on the topics and push for my for my conservatism. And I was make America great again before MAGA became a thing. I was about restoring America to its original greatness based upon the founders before that was a thing. And even though I've been pushing for that and and warning about things, um, I've I've always at least until the last eight months been able to come in with good news stories along the way 
and and there's always good news stories out there in terms of humanitarian efforts and good things that people are doing for each other in the community and feel good stories. But I mean politically, like what's going on in the country, right? And I just haven't had it for the last eight months. And so I've just really been in kind of a down in the dumps this week until today where I saw <laughs> I saw Al Sharpton. He decided after some Border Patrol agents were seen, uh, they were mounted, right, these Border Patrol agents down there at Del Rio, mounted police, and one of them, uh, you know, had some reins. The reins were flying in the air, and there was a picture as they were, you know, uh, these mounted Border Patrol agents are working their horses and trying to trying to restrain and get aggressive with these criminals breaking into our country. A picture was taken. Of course, the left ran with it and basically accused the Border Patrol agents of whipping, using whips, which is a lie. And the reason why they said that, that, that they falsely accused these Border Patrol agents of using whips is because they wanted to conjure up, as the Haitian people are dark-skinned, they wanted to conjure up a, a, you know, imagery, imagery of slaves being beaten um, by slave masters, and that which is absolutely not true. The Border Patrol agents were given desk jobs. Now they're doing on clerical duty as the Biden administration. Now suddenly the Biden administration wants to talk about the border, right? Because now they think they've got something that's going to flip it and spin it to their advantage. Enter Al Sharpton. So Al Sharpton <laughs> goes down to the border <laughs> to do what he does, right? Mr. Poverty Pimp himself. Uh, Mr. Rainbow Coalition made a name for himself with the Tawana Broadley case. I don't know if you're familiar with Tawana Broadley and the false accusations. That's He made a name for himself by using this girl who falsely accused people of rape that didn't happen. She ended up recanting, right? So that's just really how his entire career came about on, on top of his, uh, you know, lining his pockets through tax evasion. So anyway, here's the good news part of the story. So he goes down there today. And uh, with his, you know, camera crew and with all his, you know, people from his Rainbow Coalition surrounding him to give a speech. And he got shouted down. It ended up where I think they said his speech ended up lasting a total of 150 seconds. I'm no math whiz, but that's barely a couple of minutes, right? He gets shouted down. And the beauty of it is that he not only got shouted down, but the people shouting him down were doing it in a Mexican accent. Or Spanish accent, whichever, however you want to refer to it. Because you know what? A lot of these, the, 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 the residents of Del Rio, Texas, including many family members, including many of the Border Patrol, are of Hispanic descent, okay? And they didn't appreciate Al Sharpton coming down there to do his Tawana Brawley false narrative, lying, race-baiting crap off of their backs, off the backs of the Border Patrol families, by the way, who also, if you saw any interviews of them today, which you probably didn't see, because I don't know that anybody is down there, but my friend Gina and Real America's Voice, actually, who have been there consistently since this crisis began, to show what's really going on there. But they got the, uh, the, the hecklers were shouting, this is a loving community, uh, get out of Texas, get out of Texas, you're wrong, you're wrong, the Border Patrol are heroes. They were shouting, we don't want your racist crap going on here, get your racism out of here. And it was beautiful. He, you know, Sharpton tried to keep us cool, and he, he said something like, oh, these are Trump supporters and right-wingers. Look, I, I don't know what the voting base is down there, but what these are, these are hardworking people. These are people who are seeing their entire communities overrun. Reportedly, the grocery store shelves are empty because the taxpayers 
are hoovering up. Well, the taxpayers aren't hoovering it up. The Biden administration is going in and, and buying out the stores at taxpayers' expense to feed and take care of all these illegals that are coming into the country. And oh, by the way, and, and, and you know I'm on record for having love for the Haitian community. I, I participated in a fundraiser recently after this latest earthquake because of the conditions down there. It just broke my heart. But what's happening at the border with these 12,000 Haitians that have been gone out of Haiti for like 10 years who came thousands of miles up through Mexico to break into our country, that's wrong. That's wrong. And I don't have a problem with any act of aggression against people that are committing crimes. Okay. My sympathies are with the Border Patrol and with the Border Patrol families. And by the way, I love mounted police. There's been many a time that I was in the French Quarter during Mardi Gras to where I was starting to get a little nervous about some thickness in, in, in the crowds and um, stuff that can happen when you're, when you're packed into a small space like the French Quarter. And if we didn't have the mounted police down there, they, they were what – I mean, there's nothing better for crowd control, in my opinion, than, than the mounted police. And in fact, <laughs> I just got to tell you all this, my favorite amount of police Mardi Gras story. You're going to love this one, Jalapeno. Okay, so you know that it gets kind of, it gets kind of bawdy down in, in the French Quarter uh, during Mardi Gras. So there was this young dude and he decides that he's going to try to get some girl to lift her top on a balcony and she ain't having it. She's not interested in it. So she's like, show me your junk, right? So he drops his pants. All the way to his ankles, right? Do I need to get the little sensor beep ready here? <laughs> no, here's okay. the beautiful part. Right. This is where I show love to the mounted police. And, okay. and, and that's why I don't have any problem with the Border Patrol doing what they got to do. Because I've seen the mounted police and how that gives them an advantage and why it's so important when you've got hordes going on and crowds and all kinds of bad stuff happening, why it's good to have the mounted police. So this dude drops his pants. Here come the mounted police. What they get? I mean, in seconds... They're on either side of him. One grabs him by one arm, the other by the other, and they lift him up and they carried him through through the French Quarter with with his pants around his ankles. I just wish that I had had a cell phone camera at the time to record that buffoon's buffoonery and how he was humiliated by the mounted police in New Orleans in the French Quarter during Mardi Gras. Sounds like just another day at Mardi Gras. (laughs) I don't know where this tourist was from, and let me tell you, he was a tourist. I don't know where he was from, but that was a beautiful scene. And it was a beautiful scene down there. Without Sharpton getting shouted down and getting heckled. I tell you what was not a beautiful scene, though. Here's a story that's not getting any any mainstream media attention. Got to get serious here before we take a break. These Haitian migrants, you know what's going on with them? They get loaded up on buses. Do you know how many of them hijack the buses? Pulling an, I don't want to say pulling a 9-11, but overtaking the bus drivers. Pulling them off the side of the road, and then and then uh, they boarded up the buses, right, to try to make sure that they're contained, but they're not in shackles. So what's happening is a lot of these Haitians are overtaking the drivers, and then they're escaping. This is what's going on down there. So, no, I'm not feeling sorry today for any Haitians that got pushed back by a, a mounted patrol officer. And it's insane what's going on. You're not you're not going to turn this around and make and make the illegals coming into this country the victims and make the border patrol the bad guys. But what's shameful is those guys were taken off their post. Now they're put on clerical duty. And we've got these Haitian immigrants that are overtaking and hijacking buses being treated like they're the good guys when they're not. All right, we're gonna take a break. <clears throat> we come back. We're gonna shift gears. We're gonna bring in Dr. Jane Orient.
who is the executive director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and she's going to answer some questions for you guys. What is the truth on therapeutics, on shots, boosters, and more? Stay tuned. The Andrea K. Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Talk about all the craziness that's happening uh, with COVID, and I'm glad to have, super honored actually, to have Dr. Jane Orient uh, join me now. She is the executive director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and uh, they're kind of under attack. If you were to Google them, you'd hear about how how crazy and insane they are, right, for taking the position of actually uh, patients having individual liberty. And so she's here um, tonight to discuss, I've got her on for two segments tonight, to discuss uh, therapeutics, the vaccines. I posed it to you guys today if you had any questions for her, and I've got some questions I will pose to her now. Hi, Dr. Orient. Welcome back. Good evening. Hi. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Okay. So, um, so much to get into. Um, uh, you, your blog post, let's, let's start there because, uh, you know, really for me, I think one of the biggest, li- you had a blog post, you, you know, yes, FDA, I'm not a horse. Um, and oh, yeah. that of course is in reference to, um, the disinformation campaign about ivermectin as well as all the therapeutics. And when I look back to the past year and a half, I think there's two biggest lies for me. One is that, um, everybody had an equal chance of getting it, getting hospitalized from it and dying from it. And that uh, there were no therapeutics that worked. And I believe that the United States government has killed Americans by denying therapeutics. Am I wrong? I believe that at least half a million people have probably died because they were denied early, safe outpatient treatment. I know there was a fight going on in the White House in the latter, well, at the early stage of the epidemic to get the FDA to back off on it is a murderous position that we should try to suppress the use of one of the safest drugs in the world, one of the longest used drugs in the world. It's not an instant cure for everybody, but there are more than 200, nearly 300 papers showing that it has a great deal of benefit, particularly if you use it early and combine it with zinc and an antibiotic and some other things in a multi-drug sequential thing, just like you treat everything else early, heart attack, stroke, pneumonia, you, you name it, every other disease under the sun, you try to diagnose it and treat it early, except for COVID when you tell people to go home until they turn blue. Why are they doing that? Andrea, I, can, I cannot think of a good ethical reason for doing that. I think a lot of people are going along with it because of fear for their livelihood or fear of their loss of grants or other perks that they get or because they're making a lot of money that they don't want to give up or because they're afraid of being, uh, of being persecuted by the official regulatory agencies or their medical or employers or their medical colleagues. Yeah, we well, we've got. Um, let's break it apart. Um, yeah, well, before we get into why doctors are going along with it, because I've got some specific questions from some listeners on that. 
Um, this is the first time in my, I have chronic sinusitis, chronic, you know, I had tubes in my ears as a kid. I, I, I think I spent half my life at the ENT growing up. I carry around an inhaler with me. I have chronic sinusitis, chronic upper respiratory infections. I had a pack of medications that I get about two a year and I can't get treated for it now. It's the first time in my life. I cannot get treated early for something that I have had chronically my entire life. We are intentionally uh, refusing to treat sick people, like you said, until they have to go into the hospital where they're put on vents and have their lungs blown out. And yet one one of the things that, that kills me is why so many Americans are, are, are not even thinking critically and are, and are going along with it. So we've got, we've got doctors going along with it. We've got corporations going along with it. And we've got the average American citizen going along with it. So whatever the, the, whatever the reason is for the U.S. government, to be killing Americans by denying therapeutics, by putting out in the Lancet in uh, January, February of 2020, a false study that never happened uh, in order to deny hydroxychloroquine. Um, they, it, whatever the reason, whether it was because they wanted to push a vaccine because the former FDA people are now working for Pfizer, Moderna, whether it was money or whether it's to usher in communism, I'm, I'm distressed that there's not enough Americans at this point, Dr. Orient, who haven't figured out that whatever the reason is, whether it's money or power, it's not, it, it's not science-based. It, it is not. And, and the whole propaganda campaign, which is just ceaseless, I mean, you don't hear statistics on the news every night of how many people died of flu in the whole country when we had a flu seasons. But everyone is subject to this fear and guilt. You're going to get COVID and you're going to die. Or you may do okay, but you're going to give it to your grandmother or some vulnerable person, and that person will die, and it will be your fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they immediately seized upon... um uh, the, the fear mongering, the fact that that we didn't know about it. There was there was so much we didn't know about it. And my argument at the time was, well, if we don't know about it, we don't know how contagious it is. We don't know how deadly it is. Then you don't know enough about it to lock down this country 14 days to flatten the curve, which is now and and then force masks on people and shut down schools and do everything that they did. If, if you can't tell me if you don't know enough about it to tell me that you that you can tell that you can prove to me that those are reasonable and that we're actually going to have good results out of that, then you don't have enough information in order to impose that on us. It looked to me from the jump that it was about power. And when it comes to disinformation, it's worse than disinformation. We're literally killing Americans. And right now on Instagram, the hashtag natural immunity is being, is being hidden. So, there's, so on top of denying therapeutics, they didn't bother to tell anybody that it, and that it, it was something that, that was about – the elderly with comorbidities. They didn't tell people get some sunshine and some vitamin D. They didn't tell people to put the fork down and exercise and get rest, right? Um, so it, by locking us in and then by locking everybody in, they actually created the comorbidities that were actually a part of killing people. Well, I, th- I can't disagree with any of that. And then the lockdowns, we maybe it made sense for two weeks, but you tell me the CDC with all its vast resources can't figure out how this is transmitted. If it's aerosolized, then, you know, all the social distancing and masking doesn't help at all. And what they need to do is ventilate places and disinfect the air, like with ultraviolet, which we knew about since the days of tuberculosis. But are we seeing any of these engineering things that would protect everybody and allow us to go about our business? You don't hear a word about it. 
And I think Anthony Fauci himself admitted to taking 8,000 units of vitamin D a day. But will he or your local medical society tell people that, that you absolutely have to have vitamin D to fight off respiratory viruses? That we don't have flu season, we have vitamin D deficiency season because people can't even get a minimal amount of sunlight in a lot of places in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Let's continue the discussion on the therapeutics hydroxychloroquine, because what you guys have, and and I want to make sure everybody uh, gets this and downloads it from your website, uh, is your guide to home-based COVID treatment. And that was, um, I think you you, uh, were a part of that, you were the editor on that and involved Dr. Peter McCullough as well as Dr. Lee Vallette, and it's very detailed. Right, and we just updated it, and you can get it at APSonline.org. All you need to do is click on the link, give us your name and email address, and you will promptly get a copy that you can download, print it out, share it widely with whomever you like. It explains the three phases of the disease, the theory behind treating each phase, and a number of the therapeutic options, many of which you can do yourself over the counter. But maybe you better stock up quick because the FDA is even trying to keep people from buying things that used to be over the counter. Like what? Because like mesotilcysteine or... NAC. Okay. And maybe vitamin D will be next. Maybe maybe we'll no longer be able to get zinc or selenium. It just seems that they really are making an effort to keep people from getting things that used to be easily acquired. Well, yeah, they are. Um, even something as benign as Z-Pack. You know, when, for my sinus infections, I, you know, I, I get doxycycline. They give me a Z-Pack, and then I, they usually give me a shot, which is, you know, a steroid, because it's, it's, you know, it's about to reducing inflammation. And they're not going to give that to me now, but treat my sinus infection with that, because some of that is crossover medications that is used to fight COVID. So now somebody like myself with just my dime store sinus infection, I can't get it. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, I expect that they're going to start to do the same thing with vitamin D. One of the things that I learned today and helped me to understand if, if, if I'm not correct in this, the thing about zinc is that you've got to have something that delivers it into your system. And that's really where the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine comes in. Correct? Yes. The hydroxychloroquine at least is called the zinc ionophore. There are some natural ones like in green tea and in quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N, and those things you can get over the counter. At least you can now. But they're not as effective, though, as the hydroxychloroquine. In no, the I, don't, I don't think so. If, if you were sick, I, I would definitely want something better than, than quercetin. But how do we get it? Because I have a friend of mine who, two friends of mine, by the way, that were, were sick here in San Diego, went to the doctor, got tested positive for COVID, and both were told, I'm not allowed to treat you. I'm not going to prescribe anything for you. The next step is you're going to get a phone call from the CDC. So how do you get, how, how does anybody get hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin? Well, you have to get a doctor to prescribe it for you. And there are doctors who do that. There are some telehealth services. There are some lists of doctors who may be in your community. Uh, We maintain a website called c19protocols.com, and there are a number of different protocols. Some people have actually taken some of these to doctors who are caring for patients in the hospital, and some of them are open-minded and courageous enough to try some of the things there. But there's also, if you scroll down, there are some, uh, some resources of doctors who might be able to help you. They're overloaded. I can't vouch for any of them individually. But there are some doctors out there, 
and you the, all of my patients have eventually been able to get their prescriptions filled although it's getting more difficult yeah i was just going to say that's the next part of my question is yeah so you get the script but how how do you get it filled if a pharmacy doesn't want to fill it and that's something you mentioned in your blog post never before have have you gone to the and i was a pharmacist assistant when i was in high school and college we, we you know somebody brought in a prescription unless it was you know a question whether or not this person was some kind of drug addict and had a phony prescription you just filled the prescription now well, that's exactly right and and that certainly is what you're supposed to do for things like plan b which are far more far more dangerous than than the uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, which are available over the counter in many countries of the world. Well, the argument from the left is it's off label, Doctor Orient. You're not supposed, you, you know, it, the, the ivermectin is a horse dewormer, and hydroxychloroquine is is, is off label. It wasn't it wasn't designed for COVID. Well, it was it was designed for malaria, really, and but once it's approved by the FDA, it is considered safe. If you want to get another indication on the label at the cost of a billion dollars, so you can advertise it for that, you can do that. But you don't have to prove again that it's safe. You just have to prove that it's effective for that condition. But at least 20%, and in pediatrics, probably 50% of all the prescriptions that are written are off-label. Well, yeah. I mean, certainly the puberty blockers that are given to kids uh, to, to transition them and, and just, uh, for, you know, for sex uh surgery or off-label, and that's that seems to be okay to experiment on children. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I've got some questions uh, from listeners for Dr. Orion, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to post some questions for her about the, quote, vaccines. Stay tuned. More with Dr. Orient from Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show, spelled K-A-Y-E, and connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Continuing my discussion with Dr. Jane Orient from Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. All right, Dr. Orient, a couple questions for you here from listeners. Um, what about this new, continuing therapeutics quickly and then we'll move into, into the shots. What about this new antibody treatment and why are a bunch of vaccinated people wanting it? I think this is a question regarding Regeneron and the monoclonal antibodies that they're trying to uh, withhold from states like uh, Texas and Florida. Right. Well, the monoclonal antibodies are supposed to be effective. I think they're trying to deny them to vaccinated people, and I'm not sure why that is. Uh, Maybe because they're not supposed to get sick, and you don't want to admit that actually they do. But vaccinated people, just like anybody else, if if they're sick, they need to have early treatment. And now, although we've got plenty of these antibodies and we could certainly make more, the president has decided not to send them to the clinics that, that are ordering them and say they need them. They've got sick patients. They're saying we have to be equitable, equitable about it. We can't send so much to Florida. We've got to send maybe more to Wyoming where maybe nobody needs them. It just just doesn't even make any sense. And the reality is, is that um, and I know you're not political, um, but that's where, you know, the 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 Democrat, these lefties, these communists pretend that they care about the African-American community and the states that they're withholding this from is where the majority of of the African-American community live. It's like 15,000, 15 million. And, you know, the African-American community, they've gotten burned in the past with experimental treatment. So they've got a reason to be suspicious. Don't they? 
Oh, they certainly do. But just not mentioning vitamin D, this is even more important for dark-skinned people because the melanin in their skin protects them from the ultraviolet, but it also means they need to have more sun exposure to make vitamin D. Why don't we tell them that? Why aren't we checking their vitamin D levels? Well, that because, right, be, right, because what they wanted to do was play p- the political game that, oh, COVID is, you know, um, it, it's, it's revealing the disparity in medical treatments for African-Americans instead of saying that it has to do with other factors. And in some ways it has to do culturally with, you know, the, our eating habits and stuff. I'm a Southerner, so, you know, I, I get it, right? We have a problem with obesity in the South. It, it, it didn't just hit minority communities harder. It also hit, you know, southern communities harder because we, you know, we have a lot of the comorbidities due to our culture and our our bad eating habits. Let's talk about these shots because I'm kind of, you know, um, the latest mantra is we've got a we've got a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And Joe Biden actually went before the American people and said, we have to vax. We have to vaccinate the unvaccinated in order to protect the vaccinated. Well, that's obviously a ridiculous statement, and we've never said that about any other vaccine in the past. But the fact is that this is not a vaccine that protects you from getting infected. It's supposed to protect you from getting really sick, but it, but the, you're shedding at least as much, maybe more virus, than people who are unvaccinated. So you may be an asymptomatic super spreader. So maybe it's the unvaccinated that need to be protected from the vaccinated. Well, yeah. And, you know, Dr. Fauci on CNN recently couldn't answer the question. He said, and I I believe I quote, I don't have a firm answer for you when he was asked why somebody who had COVID and therefore had natural immunities, why they would need to be vaccinated. And he said, I don't have I don't have a firm answer for you. He has been at the head for what, 40 years of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. And he doesn't know about natural immunity. Well, he's how bizarre is that? Well, it it is, and so to to think that there's a mandate on vaccines. There, uh, children have a ninety nine point nine nine eight up percent recovery rate. I mean, the chances of them getting it and dying from it is next to zero. Uh, pregnant women should not should not be particularly uh, young, you know, women and women of childbearing age, especially pregnant women, uh, should not be forced uh, to to be injected with something that is a an experiment. Um, the the across the board, uh, you know, um, uh, forced mandate uh, of these shots to me cannot be explained uh, from any scientific standpoint, only from a standpoint of power. Well, that's right. And I I wonder whether it is actually malpractice to give a pregnant woman or a woman who hopes to become pregnant this vaccine when we admittedly do not know the effect on fertility. We know there have been a lot of miscarriages. We have not examined the placentas to see whether they've got blood clots or spike protein in them. We can't sue the manufacturers because they've got this this magic liability protection. But I wonder about the doctors if they're pushing their pregnant patients to get this. I think they should worry about a malpractice risk most of these days. Well, yeah, I, I think that what we need is we need, uh, we need medical, uh, a restoration of medical freedom in this country, that, that we've got any state uh, forcing or, or, or mandating that anybody be injected with any substance, particularly one, 
uh, that is experimental at this point is, um, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but Dr. Zelenko said today that doctors who refuse early treatment are Nazis who are following orders. I say it's the same thing with these mandates, forcing experimental drugs on people. Uh, when when you at the highest the, the the group that has the highest risk begins at ninety nine point four percent recovery. Well, this is contrary to the Nuremberg Protocols. We're supposed to never again have human experimentation in ways that could harm the subjects and, and without truly informed consent, without any coercion at all. Now we're saying, you know, we're not going to let you work. We're not going to let you earn a living. If you don't take this jab, how can that be informed consent? How was our here's a question from a listener, Roger Armstrong. How has our medical system um, become so infected with politics? Because this is clearly a political play. Well, it is. But I think what has happened is the medical profession gave up its independence quite a long time ago to get the easy third party payment from Medicare, from Medicaid and from the managed care cartel. They no longer had to look their patient in the eye and tell them how much something cost. Yes. Well, yeah, um, we needed we needed less government. At, at the, as soon as government got involved in in our health care and our insurance was really what led to this. You know, it should have never been attached to our employment. Um, that hid the cost from us. That was a part of the problem. And uh, the more government got involved with insurance, uh, the, the more stuff got hidden from us. And the more and then we went down this road to where we've got. Um, We've got uh, uh, trouble even holding anybody accountable here in California. You talk about, you know, doctors being sued for malpractice. There's a cap on it, right? Um, So, you know, it's hard to hold anybody accountable. I don't, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but but there's a whole docuseries right now on this doctor who went around, you know, killing patients and deforming them and leaving them paralyzed in Texas, and nobody even fired him. They just moved him on to another hospital. Um, so, you know, our, 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 our medical, our medical system isn't what it was. And we've, so we've got, we've got big pharma, we've got, um, they're not, they're not held accountable. Um, we've got doctors that are being held accountable right now. If, if they refuse to treat somebody who ends up in the hospital and dying, the doctor, the doctors is, does, doesn't suffer any consequence. Well, the thing is that we, we pretend that we are protecting against bad doctors and what those mechanisms are used for is to get rid of the good doctors who do not go along with the hospitals, who dare to speak out, and maybe anybody who says anything skeptical about vaccines or who offers a prescription for early treatment could find himself in big trouble with his employer, even with the medical licensure board. So all all these mechanisms, you think, well, we don't punish doctors enough. Well, we apparently don't punish the bad guys enough, but we sure do ruin the careers of some doctors who, who truly tried to advocate for their patients, and they got shut down because they dared to complain about a quality of care problem at their hospital, for one example. Yeah, like Dr. Simone Gold and, and, and others. Um, the, 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 the shots themselves, I mean, uh, the VAERS report, which isn't even accurate, that I read, the most updated one, 14,000 deaths, the level of hospitalizations, um, you know, I mean, Pfizer is making bank in uh, heart drugs to treat myocarditis and some of the issues and blood clots, some of the issues that they've created with these shots. But yet, h- how how can you we and, and, you know, it can just get so deep and so in the weeds in terms of the technology and mRNA and spike proteins and what it does to the immune system. What can you tell the listener right now? 
that they should be concerned about with these shots? Well, these shots are not really vaccines in the traditional sense. They are gene therapy. They get into your cells, the, this viral genetic material or a piece of it gets into your cell, hijacks your cell's machinery. Instead of making virus like it would if you got an infection, it makes spike proteins. And then these things are supposed to trigger your body to make antibodies and to be protected. The problem is that the spike proteins may do a lot of damage all by themselves by attaching to and damaging your blood vessels, causing clots, maybe accumulating in your ovaries, or maybe they just destroy your fertility. We don't really know where all they go, how long they last, what all they do. There are just so many unknowns. I mean, we don't even have biodistribution studies. We have not even even looked at where where these things go. There were some studies in, in Japan in rats that show, shows it goes all over the body. That should be very, very concerning. But why, why didn't we do that before we even thought about giving these to humans? Or why didn't we give them to hamsters mm-hmm. first, which should probably be the best model, and see what happens to them? In the past, coronavirus mach- uh, vaccines have been very, very damaging in animal studies, and they, were, they never came to, to human beings at all because of what they were doing to the ferrets. So now they just bypass the animals and they, they're experimenting on humans. Tell everybody if they, how they can get involved with associations, support your organization. And I actually think you guys have a petition on there, right, about uh, uh, medical freedom. Uh, I think there's a petition there on one also to protect Dr. Peter McCullough, who's yes. been one of our heroes. But our website is aapsonline.org. Please go there and download our free booklet and all, and you can also join as a medical freedom associate by at aapsonline.org slash join and get our action alerts where you can participate in some of these uh, activities like signing petitions or knowing when to contact your legislator or knowing what to ask your doctor well, or where to find more information. Well, thank you so much for being here, and, uh, and, and, and I love what you guys are doing, and thank you for your courage in speaking the truth. Appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. Orient. Thank you for getting the word out. All right. All right. Stay tuned. We got more coming up. Don't go away. Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K. Show. Connect with the show at ourfreenation.org. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K. on The Answer San Diego. Didn't AOC wear a dress recently that looked like it was from a Chick-fil-A bag that said tax the rich? And that's been the whole mantra, right? That Lately, Biden comes out, gives his little economic speech last week before he announced they're going to they're going to be, you know, tracking every transaction from every, you know, low and middle income American. Any checking account over six hundred dollars, right? The IRS is going to be going to be perusing. That's how focused they are in shaming anybody who might be keeping a penny that they're not giving to the IRS, right? Well, here, get this. Um, according to a uh, representative, Jim Banks, who chairs the conservative Republican Study Committee, President Biden may have improperly avoided paying Medicare taxes before he took office. He could owe up to $500,000. This is according to the Congressional Research Service report. Uh, while Biden wants to raise taxes by $2.1 trillion, claiming the rich need to pay their fair share, back in 2017, uh, he and the misses improperly used S-Corps um, 
they when they raked in over thirteen million dollars in speaking fees and book sales in twenty seventeen, they only counted eight hundred thousand of that as income. So they took in thirteen million of income in booking uh, in speaking fees and book sales. They only claimed eight hundred thousand of it as salary. Um, shorting the government 500 grand and and not only that but it's it's in particular it's the um it's the taxes it's the part of your taxes right that go for um funding things like you know payroll taxes and 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 others so um you think anything's going to happen to joe biden no it's going to be like al sharpton right this is so. This is just so typical of the left. I mean, you're not paying your fair share. We got to scrounge any checking account that's got over six hundred bucks in it, and have the have the banks report to the IRS so that they can make sure that you you reported that fifty dollar sale of you know ice cream in your shop. Meanwhile, Joe Biden and Jill Biden get to skate on five hundred thousand dollars in taxes. Yeah, typical. Hey, tomorrow is. Um, the day in which we're supposed to hear the report of Arizona, the uh, results of the Arizona audit. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic when we reported yesterday that they found that three over 300,000, I don't have the exact number in front of me, over 300,000 voters did not match the Social Security Administration roles. That's given, that's what really gave me rise to be optimistic so we're going to be reporting on that tomorrow thank you dr orient for being here appreciate you all see you tomorrow 6 p.m pacific time peace out Come on.